Hello and welcome to Climb's podcast series, Advancing Vietnam, with me, Vlad Savin, as your host. The chief representative role is at risk, and one can, can expose foreign investors when using the representative office structure. In this podcast, we will explore the importance of the chief representative role in the representative office in Vietnam, highlighting some of the structural and statutory risks investors should be aware when appointing this vital position. Matthew, welcome again to our new Advanced in Vietnam podcast series. Good to have you here. Great to be here as always. When foreign enterprises seek to establish a commercial presence in Vietnam, the most common structure, as we know, is the LLC Limited Liability Company. And we've discussed in quite a few podcasts about that as well. One of the vehicles that investors use as well is the representative office. It enables them to undertake market research. It enables them to employ staff and have a presence in the market uh, while undertaking not specific revenue generating activities, but just understanding and doing a liaison at that initial stage of the market entry process. Uh, let's first start with uh, the timeline for registering the representative office in Vietnam and what is the general process for, uh, for, for, for investors using this, uh, this market entry vehicle. So if you wish to simply have a presence in Vietnam, um, have a liaison office, an office to explore the market and understand opportunities, it, it does work, it's quite simple. Um, it takes around, in practice, around four months. It does require the investor company to be around for at least 12 months, have audit accounts, tax records, and there's quite a lot of documentation to file to go through. It's not an overly complicated, but the documentation can be a bit frustrating. So around four months in practice. Mm -hmm. A key element of that is appointing the chief representative. So the, the individual that is responsible for the office, because the office is not an entity and the office is an outpost of the foreign enterprise and the Vietnamese authorities require an individual to be liable and responsible and a point of contact for that office that is established. Mm -hmm. Let's start first with what are the key responsibilities of the chief representative? So the chief representative represents the office. They are responsible, they get, they have capacity to enter into contracts on behalf of the office to execute the employment for leases, etc. And they're also responsible for filing personal income taxes and other employment-related matters to staff. They're also responsible for um, annual compliance for the representative office. Now, interestingly, they are, if the representative office does something outside of committed activities, they will be responsible for um, the um, inappropriate activities or the results of those. And uh, we can talk about later how that works, but they have responsibility in the eyes of the authorities because it's not an entity by itself in Vietnam, the legal, the chief representative is at all points that party that gives capacity and the authorities will, um, right. will approach. And what is the process for um, appointing a chief representative and what are the requirements they need to meet for this position? The initial appointment is is, is trading. It's an, it is um, a document appointing them from a, um, their competent um, parent company, uh, individual with competent authority, appointing and submitting as part of the application. Interestingly, when you do the initial application, um, if the individual appears to be related in some way, the authorities often ask for copies of lease contracts, etc., to show that the compensation is being paid by the local office we paid and it's not um, being secret benefits being provided by the offshore entities you actually see them looking for to make sure that it, the chief representative is acting at arm's length and being compensated um, there are situations where they can be compensated off, off, offshore but they are very careful because the representative office is not a tax-paying entity that there are not other benefits being provided that are outside the tax system so they do check when you're applying but the initial appointment is more of a notification 
the problem happens when you want to change the chief rep. And that's one of the biggest issues we see. And it's a major risk for representative offices mm -hmm. and corporates that and exist. Hence my next uh, question. Uh, you've had quite a few experiences and cases in the last uh, couple of months or, or a few months where um, you encounter issues with the chief representative and foreign investors remain exposed with this position. Um, let's delve into these issues that you discovered with the chief representative and let's try to explain this to, the, to, to our audience. Um, what would be, let's say, the foremost risk that you see with the chief representative to, and, to start with? And it's not just the recent months. It, this, this is something that happens for quite a long time, but we've seen more of them recently, but they've been always been around mm -hmm. in that um, you cannot change the chief representative unless that individual has tax clearance. Because the representative office itself has no, no, is not a taxable entity, anything that is not done in accordance with the license and as a taxable event, the, the chief rep is responsible for those taxes. So there's a step involved in replacing a chief rep that requires tax clearance of the individual's personal tax affairs. Um, what that means is the mu individual must consent and must be part of the removal process. If they don't consent to tax clearance, they can't be removed. So that the biggest issue is if um, the representative office, the parent company wishes to change the chief rep, the chief rep being um, removed must consent. You can only have one chief rep at any one time and you must get consent. We have seen situations where the chief representative um, absconds, runs away, has a dispute and just refuses to deal with the authorities. We've had um, foreign individuals in other countries who have just disappeared and have disputes on a, on a, a grand scale. We've seen others in country um, start legal action and refuse to follow and therefore the parent company cannot execute and complete its obligations to staff, its obligations and operate. And that's a major issue where your representative office and its operations are, com are completely stalled because you can't change the chief rep, you have no authority and the chief rep ref the refuses to, um, to follow instructions or do undertake their obligations to tax clearance for leaving the company. So you're stalled, you're stuck. You get to a position where the, the rep office is just frozen and we've seen that in a number of cases. And in this scenario, the only way forward is really a negotiation with the chief uh, representative and, and Figure things, figuring things out uh, um, between the parent and the, the, themselves. Yeah, negotiation, um, blackmail. It's essentially is a blackmail situation where the chief rep is in a position to blackmail the parent company for a significant amount of money or other um, benefits. Um, we have seen situations where the individual has just left, foreign individual was um, just disappeared and says, no, don't, just will not communicate. So there's no negotiation, they just do not wish to due to um, other commercial matters, left them um, a dispute and they just refuse to cooperate. In that case, for example, after the five year life of the rep office, both to renew it, but you still can't finalize it. You can't close the tax code. It means in limbo. And so there is a liability and the problem exists within, within the authorities. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned before about liabilities. Uh, what happens, for example, when rep offices become non-compliant along the way? When, uh, for instance, they start undertaking non-permitted activities, for, for instance, their employees are not taken care of from, a, from insurance tax liability, and uh, what potential risks, risks exist with the, the chief representative? Um, I, I just looked in an email last night from a, a representative office who is under tax inspection and overtly it's because the, the, the number of staff and the activities appears to be outside the permitted scope. And remember, just to sort of digress, um, the laws prohibit the undertaking of any commercial activities in Vietnam and supporting commercial activities. So you, you can't do that. Um, and you're supposed to be a liaison and research, etc. 
More importantly is on your certificate of registration or representative office, Department of Industry and Trade specifies, and recently they're also doing it in bold, what the permitted activities are. It's very restrictive. The argument that you can support and employ staff to do back office processing and um, to design and development and QC work um, in support of a commercial contract with a foreign enterprise is not a permitted activity as far as I've seen um, in, since 2016 on a representative office license when they changed the rules. And the resident office is, does not have that permission. So that if the tax authorities um, believe there are potential commercial activities being supported, they will do a tax inspection. I've seen last night um, notification going back for eight, nine years, um, looking for everything which would which the office is supposed to maintain, but they want to look at transactions and to make sure that transactions, there's number of staff, what the staff are doing and what the filings are with the Department of Industry and Trade, the annual report, um, activities report to see, are there any gaps? Are they doing something? And that's the initial investigation, very broad. It's something we see for a corporate enterprise we are seeing occasionally for rep office. At that point, if they deem that you are non-compliant and therefore have generated income, permanent establishment, you're, you're, you're doing something outside of the um, permitted activities, Two things arise. One is they could theoretically deem, and I have seen this, there's been a few cases where they have deemed the representative office to be a profit-making activity and therefore taxes applied to a, a deemed level income and a deemed profit level. And the deeming is horrible because you don't get your VAT deductions and you're, it's a negotiation, so you're in a very bad situation. The second thing is, and by the way, that deeming, because the legal presence in Vietnam is the chief rep, they, the tax is levied on the chief rep. The second thing is, if there are any activities which don't necessarily result in um, profit-making activities, but their expenses are not in respect of approved activities, the, ex the expenses will be deemed to be a fringe benefit to the chief rep. And this is more common. So the chief rep will be charged personal income tax on all the expenses and payments of the representative office that are not in respect of those permitted activities. So sending someone out to help with a contract and do a review and do a QC and employ staff for development of commercial software and things like that, um, those activities, any of those payments in respect of those activities, if the authorities can show and deem that they are not, not within the permitted activities, could be um, result in the, the payments being a fringe benefit and subject to personal income tax in the hands of the chief rep. That's a big exposure. Mm. So not only can't you get rid of the chief rep, the chief rep you know, as, a, as, a, as the owner or the chief rep sort of sitting with a blackmail, they're also exposed with the tax liabilities. So, so there is two major um, issues and exposures that people overlook when they look at rep offices because they're relatively simple and straightforward. They don't have um, corporate income tax consequences in theory, but they're not as straightforward and simple and uh, ability to abuse the system as people sometimes believe. And that's what we observe as well with the international investors. If they start first with the rep office for, for a few years, they start developing their understanding of the market. And then st second step of the market entry would be setting up an LLC, setting up a commercial entity where they can actually undertake the business and then wind up a rep office within that process because there's no way of converting it. Well, and, and that's another catch where that is actually portrayed that you rep office then you transition to LLC. Different ministries, different laws, there's no easy transition. Just yeah. start one, wind up the other. The head of the chief rep cannot be the head or direct of a legal rep of the company. So you end up having to have two positions and there is conflicts there. It's not the easy path. So it's something that we suggest really 
be careful when planning what you do. Because if you then need to wind up the rep office and start the LLC and move people around and the chief rep doesn't consent, and we've seen that, um, you, you, you find you're in a position where- And that's where my, my new question is, looking at the wind up process for rep office, because we've seen that often with investors, and what is the role of the chief rep within that wind-up process? The and chief, what's the liability? The, the per, it's a personal income tax. Um, not only is a rep office to go through all documentation, it's a personal income tax finalization. Any removal change of the of the rep of the chief rep or wind-up of the rep office, it comes back to the personal liability of the chief rep because the entity is not doesn't have any structure. It's not a legal entity. It's just a um, a, a documented body represented by the chief rep. So it all goes back to that chief rep. Mm-hmm. So if the if um, previous chief reps have authorized inappropriate activities, whether the tax authorities on final inspection will levy the current chief rep on past is a real possibility. It it, it is something where um, it is a concern in any wind up if the activities have not been aligned with uh, the um, stated activities on the registration certificate, or um, or if the chief rep is not willing to um, support, both of those are major exposures um, and difficulty. So foreign investors need to think about who will be that chief rep role and you know how to go about that process mm-hmm. and what, what the, the whole structural process. Mm-hmm. And we, we've discovered that actually the chief rep is quite a critical role and has several issues looking at tax and looking as well within the overall structure and the responsibilities. What would be your number one advice for international investors looking to set up a rep office here in in Vietnam, how should they protect themselves from the outset so they don't encounter uh, potential issues later on, two years later, when they decide to wind up, for the, instance? The best approach, and the the law require has, has references to the residents, etc., of the chief rep, but the law does not require um, the chief rep to physically reside in Vietnam. So the opportunity to appoint one of the uh, an individual from headquarters, so it might be a, um, a group council or a group CFO or something, to, to be the chief rep of the Vietnam office and not actually residing here, and then put a power of attorney to staff to operate and do things in country, but the actual person with responsibility not to reside in Vietnam is the best path we see. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be the spirit where the intent is that the chief rep would reside in Vietnam, but the law does not require such. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would suggest, therefore, it's a headquarters issue. And if that person is a senior role looking after a number of markets, it is less likely that their Vietnam-only role could then blackmail or cause problems. They have a a greater picture and there's more things to bind them at a parent level and more restrictions they could put in place. It also means that they're more likely to be a compliant and focus on compliance because they're not as au fait with the country requirements to lean on third parties to get that um, activities, make sure that it works and it doesn't um, put them at risk. Matthew, our time is up. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you very much, Vlad. Great to talk. Chief representatives in Vietnam are an essential statutory position, which should be carefully selected and appointed by investors to ensure they can maintain operational and statutory oversight of the local structure and are not at risk to render their representative office unusable due to risk associated with the chief representative. And many thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to Advancing Vietnam podcast series. For more information about this topic, please check out our publications on vietnam.backline.com. And if you want to reach out to us for any additional details, feel free to contact me on LinkedIn or throughout the website contact details.